before, before, before we get going into this podcast, y'all know, I know, I know, I left y'all for too long, too long. I left y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I had to go on hiatus because I had to get into my bag, had to contact the folks I need to contact, put together what I need to put together so I could provide quality level content for all of y'all. You know what I'm saying? I, I had to come back. I didn't come back with no soft episode. It's a great episode with a great, great guest that I know you guys have loved before. And I'm so glad that he's back. But I just want to just say this first that I missed y'all. Hope y'all miss me too. Make sure, make sure that you show love right now. Show love right now and go follow the Simply King Pod IG page. I got a goal. I'm trying to get to a grand what a grand i'm trying to get to 1k as soon as possible and i know it's possible with y'all's help so make sure you share this episode and share any other episode that you've loved before and if you're new get comfortable this is simply king let's play the episode life is good you know what I mean? for the cheapest ring on the nigga finger, little bitch. Ooh. How the flu went out to Spain to be in my domain, automotive bitch. Who dropped three dollars on the rain, called Ben the truck, little bitch. Welcome, welcome. This is Simply King Podcast, and this is your boy Rodney Perry, King himself. And you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being humans. And yes, we are back. We are here. We are in the new year. And so I'm so glad that you guys can, you know, tune in, join. Um, I appreciate all of you still listening while I was on hiatus. I see you. Callie been showing a lot of love. I need to give y'all love back. I appreciate y'all. Um... But let's dive right into it. I have a guest on my first episode back in the year, and I gotta, and I'm so glad that he can, you know, have the time to join me and talk shit about the things we're gonna talk shit about today. Um, and I'm so glad to have him back. He featured on my Power of Color episode, I believe, in 2018. Was it 2018? It's been a minute. I think it was 2018. <laughs> I feel like it was. Um, so it was it was right back on time for me to deep dive back into my my guest uh, my guest list of old and bring back some of the good goodies. You know what I'm saying? Bring back some of the folks who are golden and, and perspectives are so 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 specific and so uh, so well put together. So seasoned. You know what I'm saying? It's tasty. So I have brought back to. The podcast, Jazan Azari. How are you feeling, bro? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Like this holiday has thrown me off, though. I bet. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I bet. Um, oh, so you didn't work? You didn't? You, you don't work on MLK Day? <laughs> I mean, I worked, but it wasn't as intense as MLK Day. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Mondays have been um, been pretty slow for me lately and I, i've been enjoying it i like a, a, a ease back into the work week you know I'm, I'm feeling that i'm really feeling that um okay so let's jump right into the twitter check-in right so we are talking about the super bowl now the Super Bowl is something that we know is a, you know, a cultural moment in terms of everybody stops literally what they're doing. Literally, there's sales on hot wings and beer 
and and chips and salsa. There's literal commercials, like advertisement space being fought for by the millions just to be, you know, just to have a space in on this specific night. I would love to know because I think so much has happened and I think it should be spoken to. And I think we would be remiss if we don't speak about the Super Bowl. I really, really, really want to know how do you feel like I guess what state of importance is the Super Bowl at this current point? Because I feel like it's um, it's been a kind of uh, punctured in, in a sense because of, you know, because of Kaepernick and because of, you know, all these politicized things that have been attached to the NFL. What do you feel like, you know, how when it comes to watching the NFL, it was already something where, you know, people, a lot of half the viewers are only watching it for this specific thing. And now you're kind of losing some of them because of the, you know, recent years. How do you feel about the state of the Super Bowl at this point in terms of its, uh, you know, cultural importance? Um, I look at it like this. Super Bowl is like social media. It's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just going to be there. Like, you're either going to tune in, watch, or you're not. It's still going to go on because advertisers are still going to put in their uh, commercials to be seen because, like, this is the one time out the year that most people are going to watch TV because... Even if you have a basic cable or as long as you got a smartphone, you can watch the Super Bowl. Because I think like CBS is like free. Like, yeah, it's like it's like one of those channels that you can at least get for free everywhere. So everybody has access to it. So the only reason you won't watch is because you just, OK, I'm not supporting because, you know, they don't support or believe in the things that, you know, I feel should be more brought to the forefront versus I'm just watching a game or I'm just tuning in for the performers because I think this is the first time they've ever done like two headlining people so this yeah, is I forgot who it even was already uh, they announced <laughs> it I listened to both of them so I can't say that it's Shakira and okay. J-Lo and oh, like, oh, J-Lo yes you know what I knew it I knew I I knew I knew who already I forgot about Shakira though. That actually sounds kind of cool when you think about it though. Yeah, because um, Shakira's first language is not English, so yeah. this is gonna be very like it's gonna be very interesting because. Um, oh, so you think that was intentional? You think they're intentionally trying to get you know kind of a, a international appeal with this year? Which I mean, with the two of them, it kind of seems like. It. That plus, like, it's hosted in Miami and living there for a while. Like, first experience when you walk into a Walmart, yeah, you better know, you better know Spanish or some dialect of Hispanic descent. Really? Because, like, Walmart, they don't really speak English. Like, if you go into like high, somebody like the people who work there, that yeah, people work there, people that are visiting. I mean, their main language there is like. Spanish, or some form of Spanish. Like, it's like like going there is like a whole different world. It's like you're living in Cuba almost because like a lot of those people come from the islands like right there the Bahamas. So you have to know that language because like I walked in Walmart and I'm glad I could, you know, l- look for what I was needing because like if I had to actually interact with somebody, I had to sit there and be like, okay, 
How do you say this in Spanish? What are they saying to me? Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, you have English speakers in there, but, you know, people be about their business. They ain't trying to sit there and help you out. They're, they got a busy day. They don't really care about you. Yeah. But Head the people that do, most of the people that do stop you and, like, ask you, do you need some help? They're asking you in a different language. So, mm. like, that makes certain, sense. So I see why they chose both of those because, you know, J-Lo's more English-speaking and Shakira's more Spanish-speaking and that being there. But both Latin. Yeah, and they're trying to, I guess they're trying to bring in, like, the Spanish-speaking crowd and, you know, Latin music in itself is very supportive. It's almost like country music. People support it. So a lot of people that probably never watched the Super Bowl are going to watch this year because of Shakira alone. Yeah. It, it makes sense because I remember um, being a, um, a student brand manager for uh, for Red Bull back in my back in college. I remember literally them, us having a special meeting, a special workshop of them introducing their like essentially uh, Mexican inspired uh, branding. They were literally talking about how they were going to introduce it in the coming oh, of wow. years and gave us the reasons why. They was like, you know, and by 2043, they're going to be, you know, essentially the majority of this of this nation and all these uh, become come out of the uh, the minority position and all these different things. And I'm just like, oh, OK, OK. And so right now with it being, you know, so many different things that are happening in terms of people who are, you know, who I guess who've always been somewhat Latin. They're really leaning into their Latinness <laughs> now. And um because it's been showing to be very lucrative. I think, you know, two, three, four years ago I I can imagine a person like a person like Cardi B really not even dabbling into it as much. And she but, didn't even claim it when she first came out. And, so. that, and that, exactly. Like, I was surprised to find <laughs> out, what was it? I, I feel like I found this out in an interview with Trina maybe two, three years ago that she was even part Dominican or all Dominican. I'm not even sure. Yeah. And it's like... She's, she's, um, she's Bahamian and Dominican. Like, she's not really black. But yeah, that's considered black. So. Yeah. But I think it's interesting because, you know, because we're in a space now where it's now became a conversation um, and where Afro Latin, just Afro Latin uh, identity has uh, truly became a buzzword in the past several years. And um, and I, I fuck with it. I don't think it I think um, in terms of, you know, talking about it and in terms of us accepting that as an identity. What I don't like is the reaction that has happened for people to find a new reason to separate us. Now we got new boxes, you know. Yeah. Now there's a it's, new a new way to say, okay, these two are not the same for this reason. Or for people who, like, we all, you know, me and you look like Trina. For us, it's people who look like me and you and Trina who are essentially not wanting to claim Trina. If they find out, oh, she, she, oh, she's Spanish. Okay, she's Spanish. She ain't even black. She been all of like that's literally well, a mindset that people have been showing, you know, throughout the interwebs, and it's surprising as hell, but also very, you know, typical of the internet sometimes. And I think it's interesting thing, but I think it's healthy that it's now a part of the conversation. 
Yeah, because, I mean, they still do revert to, like, how the black community has the, the lighter skins and the darker yeah. skins. That's that's how they do it as well. I mean, it carries over. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I, you know, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. But, nonetheless, let's talk about TV and films. Before we get into my first question... First, we get into my first topic, better yet. I want to know, what did you, because it's fresh out of 2019, what were you watching last year? What did you binge? Tell me what you was all into. Even if you want to tell me about, you know, the things that you were, you know, writing on and why they did so well, and you, because you were watching those. Either way, Um, I would love, I would love for you to tell me, what were you tuning into last year? What did you love last year? Last year, I really found out that I'm obsessed with like court based like shows. Mm. Like I was I, I I like that in crime like crime shows like uh like Snowfall. Like Snowfall okay. had been out yeah. but for some odd reason I just fell in love with it. I was like, This is very well written. Like you're a black guy from the hood that's becoming this entrepreneur that's pretty much you're taking over the person that's teaching you the game or, you know, giving you a chance, you end up becoming their boss. I was like, I like stuff like that. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but I like stuff like that. And then, like, with the law shows, like, I mean, I've always been an SVU fan, but now they've got all types of, like, different lawyers type shows, and they're, like, not just how SVU was for years except for Ice-T like you just have the white cast like now they're like Hispanic black like Korean like Mm -hmm. all different types of races and then the people that they're defending are white like I was like wow like it's like it's it's amazing how time has shifted like how television scripts and writes things now because 10 years ago you weren't seeing this on TV like that's why I guess I guess that's why I wasn't really interested in that makes sense um but I will say everything that I have watched has been streaming so that says a lot about television it does (laughs) it does it's almost like can you I think you know obviously it's gonna we're gonna probably forever call it that but it's like crazy at this point I've been off of cable since like 2011 and been strictly streaming before there was even like a good few options you know like in 2011 the most that Netflix was really giving you was some shows that you liked that you could rewatch right, um, like they Orange didn't the new black yeah like that was <laughs> and that was fresh like Orange New Black that just came out i think uh it was like Orange New Black, I think Lily Hammer, and yeah. I believe uh, House of Cards may have already uh, yes, premiered by that time. And I always thought it was interesting that they was putting out their own stuff, but I genuinely thought their own, like whatever their original stuff is, probably is not that good. You know, I, I don't know why I've immediately attached it to that. Like, this probably ain't that deep, you know? Um Cause I was like, I'm here to watch Mad Men. Y'all got all the seasons of Mad Men. <laughs> I'm watching right. Netflix like to watch Mad watch Men. Your favorite shows, like you just want to binge watch your favorite shows. Like yes, that's what it turned out to be. But then they they they, they fucked us up. They started changing the game. Like Netflix got smart. smart, and I think this is why a lot of people 
uh, can relate and watch streaming services is because, you know, television, you have a certain audience you have to hit. Like, if you're on, because I like working in, t- well, I don't write for TV anymore. That We'll get to that later. Mm. Um, but CBS has a certain type of audience where, you know, you, you can't say certain things and you can't write certain things because that's a very, very major, major network. Really? Versus like even NBC, which is considered major, it's not as strict as CBS. Like CBS is like the number one network. So they really are on a, under a microscope with everything they do. You is, literally can't is that put so, anything out there. Is that so? Because I think I wouldn't even assume that. I think if I had to choose between, I guess, the big three or the big four, I'm not sure. I would think that ABC would probably be the leader in it based off of like programming, I would assume, just because it seemed like they got a lot of shows that a lot of people like watch and talk about. But is it the procedurals like the those NCISs and all those different things that have been on CBS, Blue Bloods and all these different things that have been on CBS for over a decade that it keep it, it like as, a, as a leader? Yeah, it shows like that. Because um, last year I stumbled upon CBS Digital. I was like, what is CBS Digital? And then I found out that CBS is making a whole different set of shows that don't even air on CBS. It's like, especially, it's like it's their streaming platform, pretty much. Yeah, I think Discovery shows, was on there, right? Um, Star Trek Discovery yes Mm -hmm. like those shows are written so differently from how mainstream television is written like like television has always had a filter in a sense like each network you know you has a, a different given pool because certain networks are known for certain types of content but CBS has been more clean cut you don't really verse too much off of a uh, I'm a good boy, girl next door, guy next door type, like a thing. Like it's always something that you know it's never going to be thrown out of proportion, like media wise. Yeah. But their digital series is something that you would catch on like Netflix or mm. Prime or Prime. Like I was like, whoa, this is CBS. Like this is what you need on regular TV to. I guess boost your ratings. I mean, even though they have good ratings, but right. I was like, that's what people like me want to see. On if I had cable TV, that's what I want to see. But exactly. the fact that it's on digital, it lets me know. I was like, okay, we still live in a time where, uh, like, cause like, well, even now, well, back then, you know, Showtime and like HBO, you know, they were your premium channels for a reason because they kind of went against the regular rules of television. Exactly. And from language and graphic. Right. And streaming services is pretty much that like, yeah, it's not in a realm of everybody has access to it publicly. So we can pretty much do as we want to, because, you know, people are going out their way to pay for this content so they're consenting to whatever else they watch or stumble upon or whatever versus like you just flip on the TV and it's on channel 3 or 4 and you have CBS and it might be oh my god I don't want my kids watching that like so 
the content on digital stuff and people are falling in love with streaming platforms because it's giving creatives a chance to fully be creative. Hell yeah. And I, I think I even noticed how they had, um, I think people, you know, I'm not sure how the Amazon Prime works, but it seems like a lot of independent creators have been able to get something on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure if it's seeming like a, a, a easy platform to be connected to and submit something to be available because of um, its Amazonness or what that is. It, it's um, most people I know, unless you're like a big superstar and even th- they go through this process, like it's a company called The Orchard mm-hmm. and they're n- and it's a Sony company. Like Sony has films and like music and stuff. Yeah. Well, they distribute through uh, film and um, music as well. But their film side, they have a I think it was sold to like I think it's called. 1891 media now Mm -hmm. but they still are owned by sony but they have a partnership with um like streaming networks and i think the very first one they were partnered with was prime music um prime um video so that's how a lot of stuff started getting on amazon prime for like let's just say we shot it something for a film and it got put on amazon prime like most people went through that that makes sense. That makes it's sense. It's not that detailed because, like, they're not fronting you up money. They're just pretty much, you know, you submit your manuscripts and your uh, your reels and stuff, and it's a process. You know, they overlook it, checking to make sure everything checks out, yeah, and make sure it's not copyright and stuff like that. And then, you know, you're approved to be on the network. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, they've been doing that for a while, but now it's become so popular. Cause yeah, I think it's a lot more people on using Amazon uh, Prime or Prime Video, or Amazon Video, whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, but um, the guy I can't remember the the director's name, but the person that did Moonlight, he Barry actually Jenkins? has yes, he has a deal with Prime. Mm. His next two movies, I think are going to be exclusive to the Prime platform. Just like you know how they're doing uh, Netflix uh, originals and stuff like that, it's going to be a Prime exclusive. Okay. And, you know, it's interesting to see how that's even panned out in terms of, you know, everybody kind of, you know, getting into their original content space. I think almost everyone, for the most part, especially in the streaming space, has had something to, you know, to really win, you know, with Netflix has had a few, several things, movies and shows at this point, because that's all they, you know, all they kind of do now. Uh, well, at least they put a lot of energy and, and money into all of their, a lot of their original content, way more than they did before. Um, but then you have Hulu, who had, you know. Hulu is a beast. I didn't know until I got Hulu, like, two years ago yeah hulu smart like, wow who has a lot of stuff like yeah and it, it, it and i think they're they're interesting because i think they may actually show to be uh very attractive you know kind of have in terms of like sustainability i think they're going to contain some a lot of attractiveness as a kind of a staple um for streaming services because it's, you know, with the relationships they still have or whatever relationships they keep with, um, 
these kind of, you know, big, big networks, but also them, you know, having these, you know, being kind of like the, the hub. If you want to add on Showtime, add on HBO, add on Stars, them, you know, kind of coming out the gate early with that, I think made it really interesting because that's exactly what Apple Plus is. You can, they have their own original shows, but you also can subscribe use your subscription or buy a subscription to HBO through Apple TV. You can do the same thing on Amazon Prime. Um, Netflix does not have that. I think it may, you know, depending on, I guess, how the industry really reacts to those options, that may or may not affect them. I'm not sure. But I think it's interesting as hell, though. Um, Well, Netflix is very, because Netflix, like, People don't realize Netflix started right before Blockbuster started, you know, going down. Because Netflix started out like Blockbuster, like it was like a, it was like a a mail-in service, but it was in those little, those cases that you would get from like Blockbuster, those um video VHS cases. Like that's how they started, but yeah. you know they progressed into the DVDs and then it became streaming. Like it was a process, but there's still a threat because last year I read like Apple, when they launched Apple TV, they said they were not, they would stream anybody else's commercials on their network. But Netflix. But Netflix. <laughs> I was like, oh. They, that's so shady. You know that's, your comp- you know that's your competition. So you're not going to even stream them. You will stream Prime, Hulu, anybody else, but you're not going to stream them. I was like, okay. You setting the, setting the tone because that lets you know that hmm, okay you're a competition we're going to oh no I, I think i think what i'm thinking about is way far in advance i think netflix is in a very particular position because they were first responders to the desire of having extreme convenience paired with your entertainment um oh, yeah i think because they were early on that you know like what when you think of streaming platforms, you, Netflix is you know it's Netflix and chill. It ain't Hulu and something else. It ain't right. it ain't Hulu and hum, you line. know it's Netflix and chill. <laughs> so it's like they are the 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 I think the first responders. So I feel like they're gonna always hold a very interesting place. And I think uh, everyone else has had to shift. Everyone else has had to really kind of get to them. And I think because we're at a point now. It's been over, you know, it's been around for over ten years. I think people have made time to adjust, and that's why you've had wins over there. Uh, even with Hulu, with some of their original content, they've even had some wins with some of their original content. The fact that both of them had a fire festival documentary—that's interesting. And the fact that they were two different stories. Yeah, I was like, like wow, I like the one that. on Hulu. The one on Hulu was better. I'm not even gonna lie. I, I, which one paid them? I can't remember which one it was. Was it the Ooh, Hulu one that had Billy in it? Um, yes, that was the one that had Billy in it. It it was interesting to hear Billy's perspective. I think I liked the Hulu one better too. Cause like at first, you know, I was thinking it was the same one, and then when people said no, it's two different versions, I was like, well, the one I watched on Hulu was good. Let me take the one out on Netflix, and it was just not the same it was right. like missing a lot it was like okay there's a lot of holes here but but, but you know why right right because like when you when you have the right people in your documentary that makes everything but no also the people behind the one on netflix where if you remember the one on hulu they talked about uh i think it was just jerry media or jerry media 
they were behind the one that came out on Netflix. Hmm. So it was like an interesting take because it was kind of like we're talking about Billy and it's Billy's, you know, story kind of, you know, his point of view in, in it. And other people who made another one were the people from Just Jerry Media. And um, so they, they, I guess, so they can kind of control the narrative because you realize it wasn't much about them in their oh, version. No, it wasn't much all. about what hand they've kind of held within it. And because I feel like that was what made it interesting on the other side was to find out that they were, you know, complicit in so many different things, but yet they kind of dodged a lot of trouble. It's like, okay, cool, cool. All right, we see what it is. But my, my, one of the first things I wanted to, you know, to, to kind of pick your brain on was when it, when it comes to the awards, the Oscars are coming soon. It's award season. It's been award season all month with, you know, different awards, particularly, particularly to um, film and television. Um, I think, you know, it's, it was an interesting year of film last year. I think there were some particular things that came out that are extremely unique, um, that have that were original, um, some things that were diverse. <laughs> but I think um, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like actually, you know, like this wasn't a uh, an accessory or accompanying diversity. This wasn't a guessing of diversity, or we just lucked up and got diversity. <laughs> And then, but also some of the same old, same old too. Um, I feel like last year was it. I wouldn't say it was balanced, but I would say it was. You know, you got we got a sample of a little bit of everything. And um, with the Oscars coming this year, I think you know. I think last year was you know the past few years. Ever since honestly, ever since Oscars so white to now, I think people have it was you know, forced to be black. Yeah, and like. I think, like, last year, I remember watching the Oscars last year and feeling like I actually am slightly enjoying this. I think I'm enjoying it because there's because I don't think it was a host. Yeah, it wasn't a host. No, there wasn't a host. And that was interesting because I was like, how are they going to carry this four-hour show? And, I, and that's the thing. No and I was like, I'm cool with that. Like, I was genuinely good with that like the announcer just announces who's gonna come up somebody might they might say something cute who gets the award keep it moving and but i think it was the people that were winning certain things that i really felt good about and i was like damn it's a lot of different people winning things you know what i'm saying like it's a lot of different color in the room winning wasn't, things wasn't last year the year spike lee won yeah okay that's why like because i was like most of the time, the host is for the people that's there. Yeah, like to keep them entertained. It's never for the people at home. Like that I'm makes sure sense. They were bored out of their minds. That that, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine because it's like you just really just standing, just sitting down, just looking up at the stage. I think um, I would love to know. Like I've ad- I've asked this question before to a guest of mine before. When it comes to why should we care? about, you know, awards and things like that. And I think based off of her answer, based off of my own kind of perception of, you know, this whole award system and this recognition system within um, the the art form of acting, um, I would love to know, 
what do you, what is your take on that whole question of what's the value or should we value or why should we care? What do you usually feel about that when you hear that? I mean, to people that are that have been in the industry for a while, like let's just say, even though they've won awards, like somebody like um, Denzel, yeah. Or Will Smith, yeah. Michael Ely, like people that have that we know yeah. that have been in television and movies for a while. To them, awards mean something because, like, like times were different. Like yeah. an award meant a lot, but now they don't really mean anything because, like, it's like the facade has faded off of mm. what an award is because yeah. when you find out that shows that you're watching are for my instance like a lot of the shows that I've written on were majority white writers white producers but the show might be a black cast or something like that Yeah. but when you find out details about what's behind the scenes and how things are run yeah and the reason why it won so many awards, it's like, oh, because it's run by white people. Yeah. But let's just dissect the things that are majority black or majority female. They're not winning. They're not even getting nominated. Yeah. Like, so it's like, does it mean anything if this show has a bunch of black people on it winning an award? If a bunch of white people are involved in the, the process of telling a black person's story? No doesn't i mean i don't like accolades cool but it doesn't mean anything if it's to please somebody that doesn't really care about our race or our creative thoughts or what we're trying to bring to the attention to others like me and one of my friends like he had a a great comparison he was like well black people are tired of seeing um slave movies but i'm sure white people are tired of seeing war movies so it's kind of the same thing it's like hmm do we want to continue being the only getting nominated for like slavery type roles or stuff about our history that was taught to us or are we going to you know try our best hand at having a majority people of color cast writing team production team like uh tyler perry and try to get our way into the arena the best way we can yeah i mean so what you to me don't mean anything not now yeah because we have too much open knowledge thanks to social media yeah and that and that makes sense i think the uh allure or the mystery of Hollywood has been exposed because of, you know, social media and the internet. And I think it's made us almost become even a little bit closer to it because I think um, just the way that people critique things, you know, I think when you're talking to people who are, who are in the industry, it makes sense why they may be so critical over what they're watching. But now we have, you know, it's, it's a part of culture for you to like, keep up with shows, keep up with the best shows and have a good opinion about whatever the best shows are. You know, it's almost like everyone needs to be a great photographer and a, and a, and a critic these days. Everybody got to walk around with a camera in their phone. And you got to have something like something worth saying, having an opinion worth hearing. Um, 
opinion worth sharing even. Even if it ain't worth sharing, you're still going to share it. <laughs> and see, that becomes annoying at that point. Because it does. You start having people that have no knowledge of something that they're weighing their opinion on. Not saying that their opinion means nothing. Yeah. But you're confusing the, the conversation because you're going to have people that are actually going to take your side not knowing you have no lick of knowledge of what you're talking about. Right. So Versus somebody that might be in the business 10, 20 years and has awards and you're giving them a run for their money because people are just agreeing with what you say because it sounds nice. Yeah. Politically correct. Yeah. Um, so what would you say to, I guess, films that have been awarded and have uh, seen to have uh, black people in front of the camera and possibly behind I think we, I would have to check the the first example that comes to mind, but also has white backing, uh, like Moonlight, for instance. You had talked about Barry Jenkins, I believe. Uh, I believe Plan B, uh, Productions, um, like Brad Pitt's company. I think they were the ones who were behind the production of that one. Um, and if they weren't, it had to be another one. It had to be like A twenty four. Or something like that. I can't remember which one it was. But both companies that are not black. <laughs> Do you feel that, you know, the awards kind of came because of those, the, the connections they had really gave that up because we haven't seen, like, has there been an example of where the black people were in front and behind and backing the film and those be heavily awarded? Mm, no. I can't really give you one. Yeah, I can't either. <laughs> I mean, and, and for the fact, and I catch myself doing it too, which is bad. I'm trying to wear myself out of that mindset and give our people a chance. It's like when I see a black film, it's like, oh my God, here we go. Same story or oh my God, y'all, y'all didn't do something right. Like I find myself criticizing them more yeah. Only because I want them to be better so they can actually compete with who they're actually trying to be in the same room with. Yeah. Because, like, working on in, in writer's rooms where I might be the only black person or the only black guy and it might be, like, a female of another race, like, you pick up on a lot of things. Like, our, our ideas are not swept under the rug, but they'll brush it to the side and then like the main story editor or the editor over the whole entire thing, the executive editor might, you know, suggest something and then the production likes it. They pick it up. And just because he suggested it, he gets the credit versus whoever came up with it. Mm. And nine times out of 10 it's coming from me or the other person of color. And it's like, okay, we're supposed to be a team. I know you're the head person, but we're supposed to be a team. This is the point of a writer's room. Right. But there's a lot of people's names that when a credit's rolled, they don't get credited. Because if you're not a an executive uh, producer working with the executive producer or a story editor, you're not getting your credit. Like, you're getting paid. You're not even getting paid that much. But you're getting paid, but you're not getting your credits for, like, IMBD. Like, you'll get them, but it's not going to be a full, full credit. Like, you won't get a full credit for an episode. Like, you'll... Nobody gets a, a credit by themselves, but 
like when you do get criticism, you with twenty other people. It makes it seem like you didn't do nothing. Damn. So when they be having them the big batches idea. of the big batches of names under one group is like, all right, get them out the way. Right. Like you could have. It could have been this six hundred page thing. You could have written. 500 of those pages and then other people could have chimed in for the last hundred and everybody gets the same fee everybody gets the same amount of credit because it's a teamwork thing but the person with the biggest title their name's first Hmm. okay and they they might not haven't even been there or better yet contributed anything exactly their title and most of the time they're white because i've never worked with somebody that was a Head person that was a person of color. They've always been white, and it's always been a man. Damn. And it's always been a problem. <laughs> like, so because you can't speak your mind. So the thing, the thing that move, I move into next, because I think the thing that came out of the Oscar so white as a you know reaction to what the Oscars has always been, what a lot of these awards have always been. In the past several years, we've realized, like, damn, it's still things that have yet to happen (laughs) for black people and every other minority in America in terms of what's being shown and what's being represented. But yet there are, you know, are people who are being thrown fucking award nominations that they can't even keep all of them. Like, they don't even need all of them. They don't even care. Uh diversity came out of that and people speaking to diversity and talking about diversity and um, saying, you know, and giving whatever their takes about diversity is. And there even was a reaction, like a counterculture to it. Like it became such a buzzword that people uh, be able to find new angles of contrarianism into being able to be like, you know, diversity is bullshit it doesn't make anything better. It just, there's no factual things. Like, it's literally becoming such a thing that people are trying to refute it and say, like, it doesn't matter. The best are always chosen. Cream rises to the top. Like, maybe it just is what it is because that's just how it is. People are trying to and find I mean, a way to, like, make would, diversity into that. I would love to say that, but that's not true. Like, I mean, I, I, I think it's ridiculous all the things that people want to push back when it comes to diversity. But I think that to me, to me, it's an it's an obvious no brainer. To me, I think when I think about the only the the amount of things that are being created and the amount of things that are being rewarded uh, that are you know black centered and black things, you know, we we in a good spot because there's so much you know there's a lot of things being made. There's not enough things being made, um, and though and there's you know clumps and, and and lumps of of them actually getting some notoriety, like is it uh, am I am I am I crazy to think that there is this shift in the industry that's pointing to diversity, but I'm not sure how much is really happening. You know, I don't think no one really knows how much is really happening. Because I think we get these small symbols of things, like a black lady sketch show, like, you know, um, astronomy club. You have uh, finding out all these. I feel like last year was literally the we're going to let y'all know we're working on something black. 
right. <laughs> press release like, of the year. Like that was like every single network wanted to let us know that in 2022 and 2021, we're working on a black sci-fi thriller drama featuring uh, whoever and this and that and the third and somebody I think cute. It's like that was the press release for almost every single company. And I just thought it was interesting, but I, I would love for your own insider, you know, taking knowledge on it all. How has it been for for you up into the new decade in terms of this approach to diversity? Did you see a shift? Did you see that change? And what did that really look like in your own experience? Um, in my own experience, it's like a lot of the shows that I worked on they were like white based, but like Claws and like Queen of South. Those are more. My mama love that show. Urban. Which one? Claws. <laughs> Queen of the South. Oh, Queen of the South. It's an amazing show. That is probably the most diverse anything I've ever worked with. It, they literally work with a lot of black and like Hispanic descent people. That's dope. Like, like out of it, from the writers to the producers to everything. I love it. Um. But with shows like that portraying, like, people of color, I've noticed that they might not get the the best time slots. Like, mm. like, like you're putting on on a Friday at 8 o'clock. <laughs> if your show ever goes on on a Friday and it doesn't start there on a Friday your show is getting canceled. Mm. I've learned that. Like, if your show is moved to a Friday, because that's normally a day nobody's in the house, and they're still saying you're on TV, but, you know, they're not putting any more energy into you once they put you on a Friday. Like, they're waiting for you to die or for the network to say, okay, let's pull the plug. Like, mm-hmm. this is it. Um, It's like that, that last bit of hope. But... On those shows, like when it's more about a black audience or a minority audience, like it's like they don't give them the right time slots. It's like you don't want people to really see it, but you want to produce the content, but you want people to stay up late to see this. That's where you lose a lot of them. And I noticed that because like Claws is nine o'clock. That's cool. But at a time, Claws and Pose were coming, even though they're two different networks, Claws and Pose were coming on at the same time. And mm. you had forced to watch one or the other. Yeah. Which was, which was, you know, you didn't have to put it on Sunday. Like, you could have put Pose on another day. Or you could have moved the time slot. Yeah. But, you know, they moved the time slot to Tuesdays. Because people wanted to see the show. Because... If if somebody wants if your show's in demand, yep, they will make it to where people can see it. Mm-hmm. New night, but <laughs> because Pose was gonna get canceled. It was um, first season, yeah, because nobody was watching it. Mm. Nobody was watching it. The only thing I can think of in my head that saved that was because Ryan Murphy had the new AHS coming. Yeah. And they don't want to piss him off. Yeah. So they were like, okay, we, we got to get this back. show. We got, we got to, we got to bring this one back for one more season. So he'll, 
continue to want to have American horror stories because yeah. like it's already been produ- it's already been written and all this other stuff like we want it on our network still yeah so they made an exception they moved Pose to Tuesday people have been supporting that show ever since that and social media saved it because yeah the ratings went from like 800 to three to 400,000 to like almost 200,000 nobody was watching them because it was Sunday at 10 o'clock that's the worst time slot that people is. are going to work on Monday <laughs> yeah people everybody is asleep but um, yeah, like a lot of black shows, they don't get they don't get great time slots, and I noticed that. That's the one thing I did notice outside of the not so diverse writers' room. Yeah, that was the main problem because you can make great content, but if nobody's watching, mm-hmm. that's it. Like the average black show comes on at nine o'clock. Like um, SWAT for CBS nine o'clock. The neighborhood and the other show that comes behind it, I think they're like eight thirty nine o'clock right behind each other. Like it's prime time, but they're on certain days where people don't watch TV. Yeah, like you have to really pay attention, and it makes you think because you have these stupid ass shows that make no sense get the best slides, and it's like oh my god. Or if you'll get a kids show, like I know they're good for doing. Gordon Ramsay shows and the cooking show, they'll yeah. get the eight o'clock time slots. It yeah, doesn't matter do. what day, people are gonna watch that. Yep. And they want and they, they're trying to get that double occupancy, trying to make that right. the parents watch it with their children. <laughs> yeah, because it's eight o'clock. Your kid ain't went to sleep yet. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Yeah. Win win. And I and I don't like that. And I mean I think that's why more more people are going to places like Netflix because Netflix is probably the most giving of black content. They, I, I will say like in 2019, Netflix with the strong black lead, uh, I don't even know what they call it, I guess division essentially. It's a department. <laughs> yes. Like, I thought it was a TV show until they was like, no, this yeah. is like a category for this network. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. And the, the, their, their social media um, really revving up um, especially on Twitter, um, with them letting us know, you know, letting us know in advance what's about to come out, which I believe they did across the board with all of their divisions. But the fact that, you know, it, it made for conversation, like it literally kept us talking about what's happening with them, you know, being clever about just, you know, their tweets and their jokes and giving us clips about things that are out right in that moment that we probably wouldn't have known because I, I know like a lot of people who talk about how, just like myself, who always have to search for the thing that I want to watch. That's like, that I just found like, oh damn, they got, uh, you know, um, Love and Basketball on Netflix. Let me pull that up. And right. I'm thinking, because I know that Love and Basketball came out on this day, that I'm going to put, 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 go on Netflix. And just like when Bright was premiering, when Orange is New Black is premiering, like when all these shows that are like big, they get a lot of attention. They're gonna be on the front page. I ain't gotta go. F- I ain't gotta look for them. They're gonna be right there waiting on me. Right. I gotta look and that's for love what and people basketball. Like. I gotta look for love and basketball. And it's like I know, like I know y'all trying, y'all nosy as hell, and all up in the algorithm to figure out 
you know, what, 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 how many black movies do, <laughs> do people got to watch for us to just be like, yeah, they black. Let's just assume this account is black <laughs> and let's change their, uh, change whatever their front page is to mostly black content. Right. Uh, it's to just a movie because you watch this. Yeah. Keep it living single. Yeah. <laughs> like keep it like, keep it funky with me. Y'all, y'all, y'all let me know that there's another, you know, movie starring Wesley Snipes, but you can't but just put a strong black lead in the front. Put all of my shits right there when I open it up right there. Let, or let me choose that. Let me make my levels, because you know? I don't know if Netflix does it, but I know Hulu does it. They let you pick mm-hmm. like what you like to watch. Yeah. And you can pick, you can pick like black, black stories or Latin stories or stuff that features more on Latin people or black people based on what it is. And I was like, well, that's good. I hope every other network is doing this because all my shows feature like somebody that's Latin or black. I mean, unless it's something like from the nineties, that's not a full black cast. So I was like, Hmm, that's not, that's an interesting feature that, you know, I never thought we needed, but apparently we do. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's 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 interesting as fuck to me, but I I will say the one thing that I have noticed speaking to diversity again, the the counter reaction to it has been this uh I forgot who it was who said this, but it was a beautiful quote, and I think it speak it it, it essentially it just says you know um, essentially the equality would look like oppression to someone who is privileged. And Ooh, wow! And essentially, I believe what happened with diversity is that we seen this backlash from white men within the industry, who felt like they were being, you know, attacked for just existing. <laughs> who felt like they uh, there has been this shift and change that stopped looking at them to be the leads or be the star of the films or to be the muses of the industry and ha- and they feel that all the jobs or most of everyone is thinking about diversity or I can't tell a story about, you know, 1955 and this, that, and the third without also featuring, you know, acknowledging there was, you know, racism at the time. And I got to talk, I got to feature some random woman in it. And they literally have gotten mad because there's different people in the room. There's more story. People are more excited about crazy rich Asians over another war movie. You can't, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's crazy because they're kind of mad about that because they can't. They, they're. We no longer live in a society where you can control the narrative. Yeah. Like if if you try to control the narrative, okay, cool. We can start our own production company and throw it up on YouTube, or we can go to Netflix and they can offer us Lord knows how much, or exactly. any other company. Like if we want our story heard now, you can it can be heard. Like there's 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 no such thing as not an outlet for anything anymore. You just have to make the content these days. Hell Somebody's yeah. gonna watch it. Hell <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, and and like I thought of I thought about like the the claim that uh the joker is getting i have yet to see the joker uh really i have i I, I just did not make time to go and watch it for some reason and it wasn't even like i was avoiding it or i was boycotting like i'm i'm a i'm a comic book nerd but i just just didn't rush to it well 
It doesn't. It doesn't coincide with the comic book. I know. I know. But yeah. I'm just. I, I'm. I'm interested in those types of things anyway. So. I think any other month, I would have made sure I would have made it my business just to go and see it. But for some reason, I just did not rush to it. And then once it was gone, I was like, "Oh damn, um, I'll catch uh, it whenever." But whenever <laughs> I believe, I believe that uh, I thought it was interesting the attraction and the uh, the way that so many different people flock to this film. Um, I feel personal personal reads for my own personal reasons why I don't. Um, I feel like it's kind of strange that this is the one that's getting so much attention. Because um, the way you categorized that when you sent over the information, I was like, oh, that's going to be a great topic. Because the way you, yeah, but what you compared it to, I was like. Because it is. It is it's the White Panther. It's White it was, Panther. It, it was the movie of the year. It was the it movie was. of the year. It made the most money. Uh, well, not the most money in the year, but made the most money for its specific specific kind of genre to a certain degree. Because it was yeah. a rated R film. Um, but also a comic book based movie at the same time. I feel like um, the people of Hollywood and the power and the folks with the most money essentially found a way to find a cross section to we're going to do something that all we already know is within trend being a comic book movie. We're going to talk about uh, mental health which is going to shield us from anybody that's going to think we're going to be PC or whatever it is. We're also going to, you know, wrap this in a, in a, in a, in a, like a classic film aesthetic, you know, like a taxi driver and all these other things. And this is something that we can use as an Oscar play because it stars a white man and we need this. This is what we need right now to really mix it up. And I feel like that's how people have been attracted to it. That's how people have flocked to it in a lot of ways. And I, I can see it already happening. Them being, they were they are the most awarded right now at the Oscars. I can see them coming away with a lot of shit. And, and then it, won't surprise me. And, and, and what, what infuriates me about it all is that, okay, so now we like comic book-based movies. Like, now those are worthy of... You know, worthy of uh, all these awards and accolades, speaking to the performance, speaking to the content, not just the technical, you know, creativity, but to the content itself. And it had to be starred by a white man who was in about 80 percent of the whole movie. Most of the movie is about is him and him on screen. For regardless of how phenomenal he acted, it was to me, I felt like it was a message that was being sent. Like, and and this is what it is. And I just feel like, and this, and in my mind, it felt like a movie that they was like, this can be a standalone. It doesn't have to have a sequel at all. This is what it is. But because of the success, they might do a sequel and all this. It's just like, ill, ill, ill. What y'all trying to do? Because the way it, ended mm-hmm. it sets you up for a sequel but the fact that they said it was not part of the dc universe yeah it shouldn't it shouldn't have a sequel because yeah it honestly can have a sequel but it doesn't need one that's how good it was and yeah. i mean i went into this movie and i went to go see it with somebody that's a comic book person yeah so you know they came in thinking one way and i was coming okay i'm going to watch this because 
there was so much chaotic drama around this movie about the shootings and yep. how people shouldn't go watch it. Rightfully I so, I wanted to go watch it then. That was yeah. the reason I really wanted to go watch it. Okay, you're boycotting it. Let me go see what's so bad about yeah. the movie. Rightfully so. Like, but the whole entire light it shined on mental health issues. Yeah. That is why it's getting the clean sweep at these award shows. Yeah. For that exact reason. Yeah. Now, if the Joker would have been a black character, yeah. I don't think that would have happened. With the same issues. Which I don't really think people care about black people and their health, their mental health. Exactly. That would have been sending a message that's too quite right. And we already know, you know, based off of, you know, I think recent years, how people feel when they, you know, when they flipping races of these fictional characters. <laughs> I think we've seen it in so many different times. But I love, you know, some of the things that have occurred recently about that, though. Um in terms of, you know, flipping races. Like, honestly, I don't know if you watched Watchmen, but I watched Watchmen. I haven't, and people told me it's so good. You would love it, Jason. I'm talking but, about you would love it. But they were telling me something about somebody's not coming back next season, the producer or something. The um, writer, Damian Lindelof, okay. uh, doesn't want to do another one. And when it first, like, when the finale first had came on, he they had immediately asked him that obviously, and he was just saying like I don't I, like he he saying he sounded like he was way more on the fence at the time, but after this kind of like press release, it's I think it may not be a thing, but even so, he still capped it off like he he they made that show with so much care and detail, it's it was real colorful in their writers room. But one thing that well, I can't even give it away. I can't even give it away now. I thought you, I hoped you've seen it. But it's so I many mean, good examples. You can give it away, but I mean, because I'm, I'm gonna watch it anyway. But no, what I'm saying, speaking to, is the choices that they made in making black characters the main focus, and also changing races of characters that were originally white. Uh, oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, which we've seen in several other, you know iterations you know being with Nick Fury the character Nick Fury that Samuel L. Jackson plays in the comic books was white and I really forgot that he was white he was white they, because I was like something's yeah. off but it just it was because it was Samuel L. Jackson I really didn't even pay attention exactly which is it. that's interesting um, uh, Tilda Swinton's character which was I think stupid to do <laughs> they tried to do the same thing and they got backlash for which I don't think they're going to ever do again which they were trying to the she played uh the ancient one in the Doctor Strange uh solo movie and she got in trouble her and like Marvel essentially they was getting backlash from the Asian uh community because um they essentially casted her to play the role and they thought they were going getting out of the the drama like kind of avoiding the drama they jumped deeper but they jumped it. deeper into it because they were trying not to depict him as accurately as his comic book character because he was like very you know offensively Asian <laughs> like with the Fu Manchu and the beard and the squinted you know slanted eyes, so they didn't want to depict him in that way. But I'm thinking to myself like, okay, just make it an old Asian dude. Like <laughs> you don't gotta dress him up and put his costume to that type of level. Like you could just still make it an Asian guy. Like that don't make it. 
like you didn't have to change the whole race and give it a whole different backstory just to make it make sense. Just like when it's given to you, just do it. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's right there, don't 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 fuck it up. It's right there. <laughs> but the I, I, thing, uh-huh. the thing with like Asians, they're very picky about their movies. Yeah. Even though for the longest they had the the words didn't match the mouths and stuff, they're very picky. Like when I get that. Crazy rich Asians, they just banned it from the whole entire country. They didn't want the country seeing it. They didn't play Crazy Rich Asians in China. They banned it. I did they not know it that. From even being, they banned it from even being played in theater. Like they was like, no, nobody's watching this. Oh my god! Like they boycotted it. I mean, it was there for a little while, but it was very short. But you know what? I think what's happening now is, I think a lot of different minority groups are experiencing what African Americans have experienced our whole entire uh, existence in this country. Is that there are people who were who are from here, born here, but there are people who are who look just like you in a whole nother country in a whole nother continent who may look at you as less than what y'all both are, you know? And that's pretty much their culture. And I think that's literally what's happening with them because so many people who are Asian American loved crazy rich Asians, but it's influences and it's, it's perspective probably spoke to that lens while it's like not speaking to the more native lens uh, for lack of better words. And, I think that similar to honestly with all of them personally, like I think it's so much the taste of people within different, you know, countries in, in the continent of Africa are so different from ours in certain areas. Uh, I don't know. It's just interesting. It's interesting. But I, um, next thing, next thing and one of the last things I wanted to bring up to you, I had to ask your opinion when it comes to, this Tyler Perry situation, right? Tyler Perry is a situation for so many reasons because he did something extremely monumental in 2019, being that he, oh, was it 2019? It wasn't 2019 where he opened his uh, studio. It was last year, yeah, 2019. But it was his grand opening somewhat. It didn't finish in construction, is what I'm trying to say. But uh, he uh, introduced it to the world, essentially. And did right. something that was monumental, Lily purchasing a old Confederate uh, army base and turning it into a full, the largest production studio in the in the country, um, which I think is commendable as hell, which is like hell of a fucking story. He got the sign change. Whew. It, it, it's inspiring as hell. But then I think he's in peak because of his, you know, new ability to produce all these different things, he's in peak attraction to so many different for so many different reasons. He has this deal with uh with BET. Netflix. Yeah. He 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 he's he producing things with Netflix as well. Um I think it was BET's um streaming platform that he's yeah. uh had had a deal with and he's doing all these different things. He's put out original content on BET. He's put he's putting out things on the streaming service. He's putting out things all over in theaters as well on streaming services. And we find out through Twitter from his own Twitter that he has written 
10 scripts in the year 2019, just 10 shows and, and, and movies or whatever it is on the table. And he points to the fact that, you know, this is all me. I'll, you know, I got a writer's room essentially. And, um, I would love to know what did you think about that? <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, let's let's start there. Honest opinion, um, it really pissed a lot of people off in Atlanta. I bet because he overlooked a lot of people, a lot of people, even with his whole entire studio thing, and like me and the a lot of other people, like people that have moved from L.A. And some of the people from L.A., they was like, okay, this is kind of the curse that they're, have to, they're having to relive because they came from L.A. for a job. He literally got a bunch of people from L.A. and shipped them in to start the Tyler Perry's, you know, production studios and stuff instead of looking in Atlanta first. Oh, that's like trash. Yeah. Yeah, that it pissed people that had, cause um, there's a there's a studio here called Pine Pine Woods Pine Woods Studio. It's like where they shot Star and stuff. Yeah, you had people there that were working on Star, and um, what's the other show? I can't remember. Uh, love love uh, love is the one that got canceled. Yeah, like you had people working there that had been laid off from jobs thinking okay well maybe you know he's gonna we've already been working in television five ten seven years yeah maybe he'll look our way overlook them like a white overseer damn yeah like so that alone doesn't shock me when he says he wrote it himself selfish i mean if you're going to help the community you want to put people on have to give them chances i understand yeah. you might you i understand with anybody in business you're gonna need your pillars that are people that know what they're doing they've been doing this for years but even the people underneath them you you should have outsourced them from atlanta 90 yeah. percent of the people he got came from la he might have got a few people from atlanta but that's because the people that came from la already knew those people no that makes sense and that's fucking unfortunate too, because yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, but I, I just, I, I, I just really would love that, you know, love to know how in the hell can you produce that much and not go crazy? Like, because to me, because to me, to me, I'm thinking about crazy in terms of like how you feel about your content after a while. You know, because um, it's hard to sit on something that long. Yeah. And not go because like for me, I've been writing three books yeah. that are almost done for like five years. Mm. Like I'll jump from one to the next to the next because like your brain just wears out with certain content. Yeah. So for him to do that in five days. Yeah. Falling from grace. You literally five couldn't days. have done. You literally couldn't have done anything else. And I'm not saying that, you know, it it's, it wasn't his best work. But for me, it'll be a hit or miss. It's either going to be my best work or it's, you're not going to want to watch it at all. Like, yeah. Because five days, I might forget to add a lot of stuff. Like, yeah. It could have been a whole lot better. But then yeah. if it hits you, like when they say you're in the spirit, 
and it is floodgates that's different but i'll have to watch it and we'll have to get back on that with yeah. for the follow grades because like people picked it to shred some people liked it some people that i thought actually were gonna like it hated it and people that i was like well if this person hates it you're gonna like it it was actually the opposite mm. people that i thought was gonna like it didn't like it at all damn i was like okay i guess i really gotta check this out because like y'all confusing me like <laughs> it's it I'm, I'm telling you it's it's a it's hell of a it's hell of a movie <laughs> Um and it and it's too damn long for it to be. <laughs> How long to, is it? I think it's like a two hour movie. It's almost two hours, I believe. Okay. Yeah, it's a long <laughs> movie. But that's the thing. Like, what what are you trying to prove by making a movie in a business week? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is it? Like, in my mind, I'm thinking like you completely kind of getting to going full circle with in terms of ownership and trying to create this kind of, you know, vertical integration where you kind of got all the things you own to be able to produce your own stuff. You would think that that would up the quality that would up so many different things because you got your own. Now you ain't borrowing shit. You ain't, you can, you like, this is you. The risks that right. you're taking are on you at the end of the day. It's cutting into your pocket. And it's but and I think being, you know, creatives, eventually sometimes you have to do that if you believe that the result is gonna be, you know, ten times greater. Um why do a movie in fucking five days? Cause I think wasn't it acrimony that was written in like eight? Like shot in like eight or two weeks or yes. something like that. Now acrimony, I would have changed some things to acrimony because there's a lot of Thing that I would have loved to see in that movie. Yeah. But when I found out he did that in like a week, I was like, well, that was good work, but you missed some stuff. Like, next time, take your time. Like, sometimes you have to take your time. I can see if you know it's a it's a, a, a chip on your shoulder, like you're bragging, like, yeah, I can put out this, and if this is what I can do in five days, imagine what I can do in like, what most people take for movies. Like three, four, or five months, depending on yeah. what what the topic is. Like this is what we're putting out at my uh, um, production company. Yeah, and I mean it was more of a flex because it's what he's doing has never been done. That I I can't take anything away from him because when I found out that Bad Boys three and Coming to America 2 were being filmed on the same lot. I that's was like, crazy. Damn, that's a big ass flick. Those are two movies people want to see. And they're going to because see. Because you're they, black. They are going to see Everybody. both. <laughs> people have said good things about Bad Boys for Life. I haven't seen it yet, though. Uh, but people are saying good things. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, Bad Boys 3 was, it was great. It was great. It didn't end the way I thought it was going to end. That's why it was great. Really? Oh, wow. That's crazy. Oh, damn, this movie has been out of production for like 18, almost 18, 17 years. And yeah. It was just as good as the last one. Like, I love that. And I, and, and I felt, I feel like, you know, Martin, that's essentially like Martin's comeback for real, like his really true comeback. Because I know he's like been touring on shows and stuff like that. And then you have Will who I feel like has really felt, he even spoke to him feeling like he's been missing. And he's been like, 
not the Will he used to be, but how he's kind of come to understand, you know, that's okay, and he just, you know, can just choose better movies, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, because Will Smith, I will say, he he bombed with Gemini Man. Yeah, I heard. Because that, that budget, and I didn't go see it in films. I watched it on DVD. Hey. Like, the budget for that was crazy, mm-hmm. and it didn't make hardly half of what they spent on the movie. That's why it was like, yeah. this is a bomb. Yeah. Because, like, he did something about that aging face thing, uh, technology, that stuff is why it was so expensive. Yeah. Really didn't even need it because it didn't make the movie any better. That's the thing. Yeah. Somebody and, else could have played him. And that, and on top of that, I feel like it was a review that I had listened to that I think was spot on. I think it's been happening with, you know, some movies that have came out lately and that being, um, some movies are just late, you know, like that movie's kind of, you know, just about clones and cloning and all that. I think we are, as a, as a culture, are kind of past that being intrigued by being cloned. Yeah, like, we talked about that when, like, Will Smith did what, iRobot? Yeah, like, yeah, I feel like <laughs> we, we are definitely in an age where, you know, if you're going to make a movie where we have this fantastical sci-fi angle to it, then it needs to be some shit that we are haven't even thought about, like, artificial, like we, or we don't have a, uh, we only have examples of, but we don't have a full understanding of it just as yet. Like, when it comes to artificial intelligence, you know, that's why Ex Machina, did so well because it's like fuck like what if this really is how it is like and this is what they end up doing to you and all that i think um it i'm so glad i'm so glad that it's been getting good ratings getting good reviews and people seem to be liking it because i think it coming out in january was kind of sketchy to me because i'm like that is literally where movies go to die <laughs> like they because january is that slow month for yeah a lot of industries yeah like, and it's like mm. you really don't want this to compete with anything if you got a movie coming out in damn january y'all y'all are scared you know what i'm saying y'all don't know <laughs> um but it's i guess like we're, we're gonna throw it out because it's it's reward season we're gonna give them something to talk about besides yeah it's nominated yeah and we're going to have jokes. And we're going to have something to throw to. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's I think it's a trip. I think it's a trip. But I, I will say, and we can end on this, I really am still looking for, because just like I mentioned earlier, like I think I probably retweeted every Shadow and Act tweet about a new project that's in production starring oh, these people. <laughs> I th- they be on it, too. They be like- on it, I love Shadow and Act. Like I'm like I'm I genuinely have like went into a frenzy writing something <laughs> just based off of one thing they did. I was like, damn, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm like, wonder if I can pitch this to them. <laughs> like, mm, this is like a trip. Uh, but all of those different press releases have excited the hell out of me. You know, finding out there is so much black content on the horizon. Uh, excites the hell out of me, and I hope that they actually go through through production and actually do come out. And because I also think about what if we're just getting so much information? Because there's so many movies and so many things that are just that we never even find out what even 
gonna come out because they never right. made it to production. They never made it to whatever. There's so many of our favorite people who have probably been under pilot uh, contracts with networks, but just can't put one out. All type of shit be happening. So I gotta like lower my expectations to a certain degree because I don't know what if we're just getting because information seems to be you know so damn free these days. Like, what if they're just giving us all these rumors and giving us all these, like, things that people are just putting a little bit out or putting on, you know, confirming on IMDb and all these different things. And people just putting it together that, oh, there's a movie coming out with such and such and about this and that. And it's like, okay, we want this. We need this. I hope it really comes out, though. What are you looking Uh-huh. I mean, sometimes, you know, like those contracts, they just be in limbo for the longest because there's one show that I was writing on and then they they just put it on pause. And it's been on pause for like five years, but comic book people are going to love it. Damn. I don't even know, who, I don't even know who's going to get it. It's called Brooklyn. Um, Damn. Brooklyn. Something. Something Brooklyn, but it's based off a comic book series. I can't remember the actual name of the comic book. Oh, I'm gonna get back to you on that one. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Brooklyn something, but it was good. It was. I was like, oh my god, why is this not coming out? And like now that you know, I uh, uh, Apple TV has all like the Marvel stuff. I'm like, dang, who's gonna who's gonna pick this show up? Because this show here is. It's, it's 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 going to be something people are going to tune into because it, it's that time of not nostalgia. Like people from the old school are going to vibe with it, and yep. then the people from the new school are going to, oh, this is a cool show. Let me watch it, and then your parents are going to watch it. Like, hey, I used to read that comic book. Like that's Damn. pretty much that's pretty much the vibe people are going on right now. Yeah, and, uh, what I like that. And I wanted to ask you, you kind of answered before I even thought, because I hope that comes out. I hope that gets out of contract and somebody picks that up. And I don't know if they would have to reshoot if they – would it be – these aren't things that have been, like, went into production. It's just a show that has fully been written. It had been written, but they stopped it in pre-production. Got you, got you. Okay, They stopped cool, it cool. before it started getting shooting. So it actually still – is coming out. It's just somebody has to pick it up. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. Damn. That is uh, that is crazy to think about. What what other things are you looking forward to um, on the horizon? Because I'm 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 loving that. You know, I think the Madam C J Walker series is coming Ooh, out. I can't wait for that. on Netflix. Like, I believe is it Netflix? Yeah, I think it's yes. Netflix. I can't wait for that. Like, cannot wait for that. I think that's going to be perfect. I'll tell you, Spencer, I feel like she's going to kill that, you know? Yeah, it's her time. Cause, like, it is. Because, like, Davis had her time, and now it's going to be Octavia Spencer. Like, it's, I think she's going to tear that shit up. And on top of that, I think the particular imagery that we may see with this is going to be so creative and beautiful because i'm thinking like we're talking about your hair laid in the 1800s you know in the, in the 1900s you know like that's what that looks like a whole new audience because like that's something i didn't think i wanted to see but yeah 
I want to see it. And like, that, I want to see it. <laughs> and that's the thing. A lot of that's been happening. Like, a lot of that's been happening, um, you know, just that Monique meme. I would like to see it. It's happening a lot with a lot, a lot of the concepts and a lot of these things that are being thrown out there. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really just looking forward to... I'm looking forward to shit that's about to come back. I'm mad that Atlanta's getting pushed out, you know, even further. Atlanta at this point loved Donald Glover, but you can keep it because it's been so far out. I'm not even going to be, by the time it comes out, I'm going to be on to something else. Exactly. Like, you're you're like not trying to beat us where we at right now. You know what I'm saying? At least, like, Issa knew better. Issa knew. That's what I was about to say. Issa Rae, you got lucky because if you would have not dropped it for April, and made us wait to August. Like usual? So it would have just tuned out. Yeah, because it would have been... a whole extra year. Yeah. (laughs) Like, come on, sis. Hook us up. And April is good. I think that's a good time. You know what I'm saying? And and it coincides with her new movie because I see why, like, working in public relations, like, it... The rollout makes sense because when you start booking for your press tours and stuff, her movie comes out on like the second or the third, whichever one's a Friday. Uh, which one, Photograph or the um, one with the one with the new guy? Oh, it's, uh, no, come it's on, not Photograph. Jeff. It's um, the new one. It comes out in April. It's the new. It's the one she just released a trailer for. Yeah, with uh, Kamal Manjani. Kanan Kanan Manjani. I think it's that his name. person. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot the name yeah. of the movie already. Um, let me see what it's called. But I remember telling it, my friends this is what people wanted Queen and Slim to be. Um, thoughts on Queen and Slim? Huh? Thoughts on Queen and Slim? What did you think about that movie? I was it typical or were you surprised? I was. Uh, I thought the the story itself was typical to me because I felt like I knew how I was gonna. I felt like I knew exactly how I was probably gonna start and how I was gonna end. So my expectations were met to that degree. But I think the the in-between is what I think made me like it. And also uh, graphically, how it was captured made me really, you know, really connected with me. You know, I feel like I really don't remember or recall a, a film where I'm seeing just roll south the whole time. And I think that was uh, a personal connection for me. But overall, I feel like I got this. I got the message that was, you know, trying to be given to me. But I don't think I um, attached all of the other things that I think a lot of other people had react reactions to, uh, which I'm like, oh, okay, I, you know, respect, you know. But that's how I feel about it. I enjoyed it. I walked away from it saying that I would definitely watch it again, and. Uh, I was genuinely surprised when I heard every other critique. <laughs> okay. What did you think about um, it? You know, I I love how they swapped the like their characters, like uh, their like thoughts and beliefs. Yeah. By the end of the movie, yeah, he was thinking like she was, and she had become such a rebel like he was in the beginning. Like they literally were two the same. They were the uh, the mirroring person that they met like totally different of anything they would have thought they ever would like they went against anything they believed in like she became hood and like i guess you want to say ghetto and like she just wasn't so polished yeah and he became 
this gentleman. Yeah. That was just a country uh, man, like a person from the streets. Yeah. Like, I was like, wow. But I didn't, the ending did not hit me. And I know it sounds dumb. The ending did not hit me until after I left the theaters. I was like, hold up. Why is the guy laughing with the money? It didn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. It didn't make sense when I was watching it, but I was yeah. like, oh, he sold them out. Yeah. Why did that not surprise me? Yeah. Yeah. But see, see, when I think of ending, I don't even think of that part. I think of right before that part. I think that was typical to me. I did not expect for that to happen, for him to pop up and be the one who ratted them out. And uh, Lena Waithe actually said on Instagram, somebody had asked her, you know, I was thinking, like, was this guy the person they was always supposed to meet or did he happen upon them? <laughs> See, I don't think he was the person that they were supposed to and she, meet. And that's what Lena Waithe said. Yeah, that's what Lena Waithe said. She said he happened upon them. So she she wrote wrote it in thinking that this is a guy who was getting over. You know what I'm saying? Who they? Because if you go back and you think about that moment when they met, he approached him with a gun because he's you know fearful of them. Right, because he knows they're on TV. Their future, they might kill. He, they might kill him. So he approached. But if this is a friendly, why would you even be that aggressive? Then he asked him like they kept. She kept asking him, "How do you know the Pearsons?" And he was like, and she instead of saying, "How do you know the people?" She, How do you know the Pearsons? Now she done gave him the name. And right. and that and that's he right. they keep asking him, and he just like, "Do y'all want to go with me or not?" Like that's on y'all because the police coming. You know what I'm saying? And like that was the dead giveaway that he was gonna tell because he was like, "Man, I'm so proud of y'all and what y'all doing." whole time he is thinking in his head man this is gonna be a month like yeah then i think when he it didn't fully click like it 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 was about to click and then it left my mind it's like he was like no y'all gotta go right now like it's like he was he was like a a real black person he was he want his money then like i'm about to turn y'all in now ain't no waiting till tomorrow i'm gonna get my money today so that is how the setup happened. I was like, how do you get that close to the plane and get caught by the cops? Yes. Like you that just don't, that just don't steps away from it. Yeah. That just, ran. yeah, I would have <laughs> ran. I would have ran as soon as I, cause I feel like as soon as I would have heard the whoop, whoop, I would have took off. They, they were stunned. Like, Oh, like, like we made it all the way across the country just to get caught at, the, at my final steps. Yeah, but I, I think it was interesting, and I, 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 like, went back and forth with myself to even, like, to possibly do an episode on that because it was just so interesting hearing the backlash for the film. Um, because to me, I thought uh, pe- everyone approached this film as they were. People have very specific expectations for this film. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. But it was far from it. They were fighting for their life. They're not they weren't out there just killing people. Yeah. And and on top of that, I think it was the people attached so many different things that they thought the movie was going to be or what the movie was going to give them and emote them to feel. And I don't think we can put that pressure and that responsibility on creatives to have to take care of all of 
the things, to have to think of all the things so that everyone in their mama is walking out of this film a certain way. In my mind, if I'm, you're listening to me, I want you to go away with what I want you to go away with. And it, I'm going to put that energy into it. And if you attach, you know, all these other things to it, it makes it seem like, you know, it's not a valid piece of work. Like people are attaching this. Um, they said post Ferguson, post um, Black yeah, Lives Matters genre essentially is what this is and we're tired of it. We already see so much of our own trauma in real life. Why we don't want to see it in movies. And I'm like, okay, y'all hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I I, I think we're going a little too quick. So many, it can be told so many different ways. Yeah. And, but on top of that, I think it's like for, we are speaking to trauma that we didn't even control in terms of that imagery and that being shown to us. We don't control the news. We don't control. We haven't controlled plenty of the films that have been centered around black trauma and that we went and seen that were backed by, you know, white people backed by whoever they were backed by. We didn't control all those time, all those moments and times. Now we're in a place where we're speaking to the now and it's seen as something we shouldn't do. As if we never, we always spoke to, like, all artists throughout time always spoke to the now. Like, this is shit is happening now. We're affected by this shit now. And so it's going to be in the art. And it's going to be in the art either, you know, as it's happening or right after the fact. So it's going to happen. So you can't, uh, at least for me, I think that's, you know, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But I believe that we can't put that t- level of pressure that they have to make us feel good or make us hopeful in every piece of work. And, like, they still have to realize we live in a time, like, with TV, we're being, we're being um, suppressed. Yeah. And even in movies still, which is why a lot of people haven't put this, this puzzle piece together, but you know how, like, the black celebrities always buy out the theaters for kids to see the movies? Yeah. It's not because they want them to see it. It's because they're making sure that those theaters are playing the movies because the the um in theaters now or when you see a movie it might say in select theaters. Yeah. Like they never say in select theaters for black um movies, but it's not always in like theaters. Like You're right. I noticed that. In a- in Atlanta, yeah, it'll be here. But if I go to my hometown, which is like an hour south, it ain't gonna be there for two or three weeks. Yeah, like in my hometown, like, it was like that too. Wow. We had we had a black movie theater that always played the black movies, and at the other one, uh, it was a shooting or miss. Like a lot of Tyler Perry movies did not make it to the bigger movie theater where everyone went to. Um, I don't know. I, I'm 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 looking forward to what's to come. Because I believe that there are so many um, dope creatives in the space uh, telling stories that I believe, you know, have never been told. I think it's dope that I can literally, that my mom can call me now and, and ask me questions about, do you watch Pose? I love Pose and I never knew That's this. That's a lot of people's favorite show. And yeah. Somebody like me, I didn't think I was going to like it because I, I, I know people that grew up in the ballroom and stuff but yeah. I never was exposed to that I wasn't in New York I don't know anything about it but yeah 
it embraced my interest for that culture a whole lot more because I was like, wow, this is very well told. And I'll give my props. Ryan Murphy is probably one of the best producers out there right now that's white. Like, that is putting stuff out there for us to absorb. Because it's not... It's not so often you find someone like him that understands us and yeah. that has the power and uses their power. That's real. That's and their real. platform for us. Because, I mean, he's behind those 911 shows on Fox. Yeah. But I was like, Pose? He, he's doing something. Po- like, he's really, okay, y'all, y'all going to let me do my shows, but you're going to let me do shows that people need to see as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like a lot of people are scared to do that. Yeah, but I, I think it's it's necessary. I feel like it's so necessary. And some of the best work that has came out in the past several years has came out of those uh, centering blackness in its you know in, in in its most authentic way, and a part of just culture that's in its most authentic way. And that's why I'm looking forward to what's to come. It's a lot of projects you know that are on the horizon. Um, you know, biopics um, or biopics, um, however you say it, um, coming out soon. Um, that Aretha one looks that Aretha good. one looks good. I just seen one <laughs> earlier today about they talking about doing one for uh, DJ Screw, and I'm like, mm, that sound really? interesting. Yeah, That's I'm a, like, I yeah, can, I can, I, I like, I like I to see, see that one. I like to see it, you know. Um, I think it's 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 so much on the horizon. I'm definitely tuning into this Madam C J Walker joint. I'm definitely gonna be right back where I was when it came when it comes to insecure Issa. You know where the love is right here, right here. I'm gonna definitely be watching so many different things that I can't wait to come out. Uh, I'm gonna be wa- back on Grownish when Grownish come back on. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm looking forward to a lot. <laughs> I really am. I'm looking forward to photograph. My best friend's already seen it. He tell me it's just wonderful. Hmm. And um, her other movie, the one that's coming out right before um, Insecure, is called the, the Lovebirds. The Lovebirds. The Lovebirds, which I think that's going to be hilarious, too. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, people didn't really, I guess, give her a chance in her last movie role. Not the little one, but the other one. So which they one? kind of played her dust. Uh was it the girl named Star or the one where she she was the girl's um the girl that witnessed the crime? I think her name was Star. Hmm. The had the guy from Lincoln Heights. I can't even remember his name. Oh, I don't even. I ain't even seen that. That came out like two two years ago. It came out. Yeah, like, they they definitely paid that one. Yeah, yeah they definitely. I was like, did. dang. I was like, dang. Issa Rae did good in that, but. You know, people just didn't acknowledge it because it was a, uh, it was it was I think it was right after the Ferguson, um, shootings and stuff because that's what the movie was like, patterned out like they were burning down the towns because you know they all the crimes so you know we're just gonna burn down our own stuff you know crazy but <laughs> to stop it we're just gonna burn down our own stuff so you can't destroy it and like the the town was in chaos but this one girl was the only person that really could speak the truth and everything could stop damn like it was like the whole 
movie centered around her, but she was so scared because they had already, you know, like when they're looking for a person that witnessed or something like a, a woman of, you know, certain age, they never said her name, never showed a picture, but people started putting two and two together. And her dad had to protect her because like he used to be in a game. Damn. And his buddy was still in the game and his buddy was trying to keep his daughter quiet and that started the whole war there oh yeah I gotta look this up I gotta watch that <laughs> that sounds so good <laughs> and that sounds too good but I'm looking forward to a lot I want to um, we can go ahead and wrap up I would love 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 if you could tell everybody how they can follow you support you um, and keep up with you and all the things that you do I know you stay booked and busy you know, I, I am because it is Grammys week this week and next week it is the Super Bowl. Oh, um, hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I know it's crazy on your side of things. Tell tell people how they can keep up with you. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, where I will be bringing you like many documentaries of like stuff. Like Ooh. I'm finally, I'm finally jumping in there. Cause like my I'm getting on YouTube partner, this year too, so I feel you. <laughs> like my business partner, he's like a Panamanian white guy. Yeah, but he under he's like Ryan Murphy for me, and he's gonna help me create these black stories. Like I love it. He's been in the film industry for like 15 years. So what's it? What's it called? What's the, what's your channel gonna be called? Oh, it's it's gonna be my name. Like I'm, it's already reserved. Jason. Jazan, yeah, but yeah, you can find me on all social media at Jazan Azari, J Z O N A Z A R I. Yep, yep, and and I, I thank you, I appreciate you, thank you for being my first guest of the year, being my a part of my first episode of the year. I think I think I love bringing you on, and we could literally talk for hours about all things entertainment. <laughs> right. Um. And, and, but I but I appreciate you and I love your perspective um, and I'm definitely going to, you know, ask you to come back another time for sure. Um, thank you. You're um, welcome. I appreciate it being on. It's like it's so fun. Like, you can't, <laughs> like most interviews aren't as fun. Just saying. I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoy my company, you know. But if you don't know, now you know. Uh, you can follow the Simply King podcast everywhere podcasts are available. Make sure you subscribe on all platforms that you consume podcasts on, being Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, whatever it is. Also, make sure you subscribe on YouTube at Life as King, um, the YouTube channel where you'll see full episodes that you can stream from YouTube. Um, follow me at the Simply King Pod on IG, Simply King Podcast page on Facebook, and follow my personal page, Kings underscore memoirs as well, for all different types of content too. So make sure, make sure you keep on listening this year. A lot of cool shit happening, a lot of great things coming on the horizon. And you guys are gonna love it. You guys are gonna support it. I'm so glad you're here for the ride. This is the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for Humans, Simply Being Humans. I'm Rodney Perry, and this is Simply King. Peace. 
trap serving cocaine, they ain't been the same fence. Ooh, granted, she was standing right there while I catch a play on the brick. Ooh, I made them little niggas go hate while I tell a band in this bitch. Ooh, I'd have been down bad in them trenches, had to ride with that stick. Ooh, who gave you pills? Who gave that dust? Pluto sent you on the lick. Ooh, too many convicts that rolled me to play in this shit. Ooh, round of nonsense, get old, so I'm spreading this bitch. Ooh, they had the counter like lighting it up, nigga, hand it back, get it. I'm on a PJ line it up, backwood full of sticky. Ooh, I'm trying to tote that Drake on London and it's extended. Ooh, they got a stretcher, nigga. How we gon' die for this shit? Ooh, yeah, I ride for my niggas. I lie to my bitch. Ooh, we some.